Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Visa and Gra. My name is Dita. And I'm Diana. And today we are going to talk about internalized oppression amongst American Albanians. She's an immigrant. She can't relate. <laughs> um, so I received this email and the subject of her email is so funny. It's, it was, quote, the Texan with identity issues. And I really want to talk about, I want to go through her email and kind of dissect it because I feel very, very um, connected to her email and everything that she had to say mm -hmm. as an Albanian American woman and how she kind of had to deal with identity issues by being too Albanian for America, but being too American for Albanians. And exactly. if that is not the story of my life, I have no idea what is. Because okay. I feel like a lot of our followers are Albanian American. Albanian. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Let's just get right into it. So her email follows. Hey girls, this is, oh, I'm going to butcher her name. Yetlira. How do you say it? Yetlira. Yetlira. Um, I. <laughs> okay, I said that correctly. Um, I am 20 years old, and as you know, I am the daughter of two Albanian refugees from the Kosovo War. My parents moved to the United States in the early 90s. They first lived in New York, but then moved to Texas thinking it would be better, it would be a better place to have a family. That's probably true. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, I grew up in a conservative small town in East Texas where me and my family experienced and dealt with a lot of exonophobia. Am I pronouncing that correctly? What is up with me I butchering these not. big you're names? You're not asking me how to pronounce it. I <laughs> um, again, if I, if I butcher this um, word, please, please just tolerate it. Exonophobia and hateful precedent towards Muslims. We aren't even Muslim, LOL. The reason why I never left the small town is that my dad runs a successful Italian restaurant there. <laughs> Does every Albanian run an Italian restaurant? <laughs> so funny. I don't know any Ita Albanians that own Italian restaurants. My whole family owns Italian restaurants. Um, so, Yetlira, I, I relate to you so much in this aspect because my uncles did the same exact thing. They had they they migrated to New York City and then they moved to Texas to raise their family and they opened up an Italian restaurant. <laughs> same exact thing. Twins? Did I write this email to myself at this point? I think oh, I did. Um, and my family is quote unquote Muslim. I remember as my cousin was growing up, she would tell me that they had to hide the fact that they were Muslim because her dad owned this Italian restaurant that was very popular in the small town. And they couldn't tell people because they were Muslim because they didn't want to lose business um, since all their business came from conservative Christian small town people. That's crazy. Yeah. Like they had to hide the fact that they were Muslim. Like she used to like know little things about the Bible so she can like talk to Ooh. her classmates about the Bible and stuff like that. And she would have to sit in class and listen to people bash on Muslims. And I'm talking like small town, Texas, small, small town. I like, obviously we all know that Texas is very um, conservative, conservative, but yeah. I didn't know that they were radical towards it. Oh, for those of you who don't know, xenophobia is basically a word to describe, um, and I'm saying the definition off the top of my head, this isn't the correct definition probably, but it's uh, people who show prejudice towards Muslim, religions? Muslims. Oh, Muslims specifically. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to touch on that and say that's crazy because the same exact thing happened to my uncles and, and their children. Um, mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to read her email. 
My story is that I grew up with parents being gone all the time from work and me and my siblings learned that we needed to take care of ourselves at an early age. Later on, I started working at my family's restaurant when I was 11 and then I picked up even more responsibilities at a young age. I grew up feeling like I wasn't good enough for either culture. I was too foreign for America, Mm -hmm. but yet I was too American to be Albanian. I want to touch on all the subjects and trials that I and other Albanian Americans face in their lives and put some more than needed light on them. This 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 like dilemma was such a burden to me growing up because I was the black sheep in the Albanian community. Mm -hmm. I felt so rejected by the Albanian community because I wasn't traditional and I'm not I'm not traditional and I'm very outspoken and I have a very progressive ideology. So I always felt very like shunned from the Albanian community. But I was also too Albanian for the American society because I grew up in an ethnic household and it was hard to relate to my American friends. Like when I would have to tell my American friends like, oh, I like. I can't hang out after school. (laughs) No, actually, I used to tell my. So I don't know if this is every Albanian person, but every. Um. New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. my friends would invite me to parties with them and I would have to say no because my parents always wanted us to spend New Year's Eve with the family. My I family wasn't allowed still, to party with my with my friends my on New Year's Eve. My family still does that. Yeah. Like, my mom, she doesn't care if we're not home for any holiday yeah. ever. But New Year's, she's like, even if you're married, New Year's, you're spending at home. Yeah, I never understood that. And I my think, American friends never understood that either. They used to be like, you have to be with your family on New Year's. Yeah, it's not a family holiday. I'm like, my, I know, but like, I, you know, you have to be there. Like, I don't yeah, know why. All of my friends um, in college, they would all like have big parties for New Year's and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, can't be there for that. Yeah. Like, that is the one thing my mom always stresses. She's like, you have to be home for New Year's. Yeah. Like, that's a strict one. But I feel like... Um, what she was saying about how she grew up and same thing with you grew up in that confusion stage where you can't fit into either one of them. I feel like I feel that now more than any time, like growing up, like growing up, I felt more Albanian than American. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I was doing things to be accepted into the American community. Now I'm dealing with that situation where it's like, I'm trying to hold on so tight to my culture, but like a lot of my life is in the American culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm in that little crossroad compared to when you and compared to when you and Yetlira grew up feeling that like from the really early in your in your life. I feel like growing up in an ethnic household in America, mm-hmm. you're constantly like confused by things like there were you definitely see major differences like there was major differences in the way me and my friends were raised or our values or family dynamics like having certain responsibilities mm-hmm. to do with like with my family and they're like why do you need to spend every new year's eve with your family and i'm like i don't know i just have to do it i just right. know or like when i'm not allowed to date they would be like why are you not allowed to date like exactly. that's so weird um and or like why are you age? not allowed to like go out go to college like they would they I had so many restrictions or, or like when like uh, a family member would have like an arranged marriage, yeah. like, and I would tell my friends like, oh my, you know, they got someone back home to like come and like marry my cousin. And they're like, arranged marriages are still a thing. And yes. I'm like, yeah. But it's like when you're younger, trying to explain to young kids, these things are very deep. Um, mm-hmm. It can come across as like, oh, she's Albanian. She can't do anything. Like she's 
And that's, but that's how I internalized mm -hmm. it. So this is where the internal oppression came from. Yes. Let me also just quickly go over what internalized oppression means. Yeah. Like now yeah, that yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. about that's it. Perfect. So the exact definition of internalized oppression is when people are targeted, discriminated against, or oppressed over a period of time, they often internalize the mm -hmm. myths and the misinformation that society communicates to them about their group. Right. So because I would constantly like but not buttheads like what is the word i'm looking for because i would constantly like face how different i was compared to my american friends and realizing like damn like they have more freedom than me like damn like they get to do all these things right. and i can't because i'm an albanian girl that's when the internalized oppression started because i was like oh i feel like my culture is restricting me from doing what i want to yes. do and i'm talking and these thoughts were happening in my adolescent, you know? So I already had like a bunch of emotions. So that's where like the internalized oppression started at a very young age, which is so unfortunate because now as an adult, obviously I don't carry that resentment. Right. Now as an adult, I'm trying to embrace the part of my cultures that I love, but I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say that I loved being Albanian my whole life. Like yeah. I was in a constant battle. Like, should I be the model Albanian woman and mm -hmm. shut up and not do anything or do I become the rebel and become a part of this, be more relatable to the Americans, but lose that side of me? Yeah, it's the big difference, the major difference in the way that we're raised and the values that we have from yeah. the westernized world. Yeah. Also, my, my, this is one thing, my American friends always like sat down and had family dinners with their family. That's one thing, like me and my family, we, we're a takeout family. We order takeout and like, we just like go into our own rooms. And then uh, no. my, my we, we had sit down dinner. Oh, okay. So that's just like a personal difference I that I had so. growing up. Yeah, that's just personal. It's not like yeah. anything to do with our culture, but um, I remember my friend would be like, oh, I have to be home by seven o'clock. Like I have a family dinner. Like <laughs> my parents are going to, my parents are going to be so mad if I'm late to family dinner. I'm like, girl, it's the dinner is in your house. Like why, right. do you, why are you being late to something that's happening in your own house? Um, that has nothing to do with anything. I just want to share that because I always <laughs> thought that family dinners were so foreign. <laughs> Actually, yeah. the concept was so foreign to me because me and my me and my family didn't sit down and have dinner. We didn't have like at seven p.m. We have dinner every night. Like dinner was dinner was whenever everybody was hungry and we're like, all right, let's eat. Aww. It wasn't like a schedule thing, but it was that when dinner was down, like that was for everyone, and you had to sit down and eat with everyone. So she then goes on to go into like specifics mm -hmm. so she numbered it so number one never taught but expected to know me and my close friend who is also a, di a distant cousin were hanging out one day and her father saw me and said to his daughter in quotes maybe you can stop being so american and learn some albanian from her <laughs> i will never forget hearing that and thinking maybe you should maybe you should have taught her <laughs> I know many Albanian parents who refuse to teach their kids Albanian, but yet resent them for not knowing how to speak the language. My parents were no different. I grew up having my dad speak English with me, and then he would say, as if me and other Albanian Americans that are my age are just supposed to know the language by birth. Now, my Albanian has gotten so much better, but I taught myself, not my family that was pressuring me. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. I also need to start um, being more fluent in Albanian, but same here. Um, growing up, my parents didn't speak Albanian at home and I picked up the basics of Albanian and I'm mm -hmm. I am able to have a conversation, but not like a 
constant back and forth, like in-depth conversation, but I'm not fluent. So not only did my parents not speak to me in Albanian, but I didn't want to learn the language because I resented my culture so much because of this internalized oppression Mm -hmm. that not learning the language was your way of like rebelling. rebelling. So like not learning the language was me detaching myself from my Mm -hmm. Albanian identity. I was like, if I don't know the language, I'm not Albanian. So, you know, none none of these rules apply to me. Like that was my effort. Um, Now I understand that not learning the language didn't detach me from my Albanian experience at all. I still was, I still experienced everything an Albanian girl has to experience an Albanian person in general. Because it's more embedded in, in our values than anything else. Not having learned the language only caused more like side eyes from Albanian people because every time I would meet an Albanian person and tell them that I didn't, I'm not fluent in Albanian, they would like patronize me. They'd be like, oh, like your parents didn't teach you Albanian. Oh, it's your parents' fault. They should have taught you. Yeah. And I'm just like, I can't win. (laughs) I I can't win no matter what I do. And because I don't speak Albanian fluently, I think that they completely, they don't see me as being Albanian. Yeah. And we can tell that from the comments that they leave. And I, yeah, I've had a lot of people recently say like, oh, you have a podcast on Albanian people. You're not even Albanian because you don't speak the language. I'm like, yes, let's completely disregard everything that I've ever been through in life. And the fact that I was raised by two fully Albanian people with a fully Albanian family. Let's disregard that because I'm not fluent in the language. I'm so sorry that as an adolescent, I was so rebellious. Um, But I I acknowledge that ignorance now of not learning the language. Um, But it was was because at that moment, I I didn't want to. I feel like for your parents to fully like your parents came here when they were really young. My mom, especially your mom. Yeah, especially like for your mom to fluently know English by the time you were born. Like, it's not surprising to me that you don't speak the language because it's not like your parents moved here when they were like, yeah, my mom moved here when she was four years old. That's what I'm saying. So like if the, your parents had moved here when they were in their 20s and then they had you like immediately after you moved here, then if you still didn't speak the language, I would be like, mm, that's kind of like surprising. Yeah. Like I would be surprised, not necessarily yeah. like, oh my gosh. But for the fact that your mom moved here when she was super, super young, she was a baby, four years old, she was a baby. Yeah. And you were born here. Like, that's not surprising to me that you weren't pushed towards knowing the language. Yeah. Like, and then that's why I get surprised when people make it such a big deal in the comments. I think they make it more of a big deal because it's like they think you're ignorant and they think that like the tradition is being lost and all that, which I to a certain degree can understand. But don't completely dismiss my experience of being Albanian. Do not tell me I am not Albanian. It's so funny because I'm Albanian when it's convenient for them. Right. When I want to do something in my life, they're like, no, you can't do that because you're an Albanian woman. You're doing this. You're disrespecting your family. And that's not Albanian tradition. And that's not Albanian values. And then when I do something, they're like, oh, but you're not Albanian. You're not Albanian Mm -hmm. because you're speaking up on Albanian values. You're not Albanian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm Albanian when it's convenient convenient to you. That makes no sense. I'm going to move on to her second point, which is she labeled it as mistaking problematic behavior in society with quote unquote culture. Mm -hmm. 
I won't forget when I was at a wedding and my cousin from Switzerland was telling me about a conversation he and his father had. As you know, Albanians love to talk. They gossip more than they can breathe. Anyways, my cousin was going on about how he was telling his father why he doesn't like that part of our culture and he prefers to mind his own business because mm-hmm. it's more comfortable for him. King. We love him. <laughs> Not the king. Listen to this though. His father says to him, quotes, this is what makes you Swiss, not Albanian. I hear this a lot from my family members. To me, when I criticize the outdated part of the culture and get told, oh my God, I love this, quote, well, you're an American, not Albanian. What was I just saying? Literally. I hate this because it's just people validating their toxic behavior Mm -hmm. and saying it's their culture. Like they're saying like, I have this mentality and I do this because Mm -hmm. it's my culture. No, baby, you're just toxic. So they like to shame international Albanians and become slightly resistant towards them. I mean, this happens to me every time I would challenge a family member. This happens to me every single day on social media where every time I challenge an outdated mentality, I'm all of a sudden not Albanian. It's just like so weird, this, this difference between like being born here and like coming here because like they can't say that to me. Like, what are they going to say? You're not Albanian? And I'm like, I literally came yesterday. Yeah. But like my ideals and like the way I view life can be very too, too open for them. Number three, this is her. Okay. This is her third point. While Albanians are progressing, the Albanian Americans are regressing. <sighs> I say they, this all, all the, the time. time. Oh, we literally, my God. I we say this literally all the talk time. about this. Every time we have a topic that we talk about, this I'm somehow like, comes up. Why are Albanians in the, in the motherland so much more open-minded? Like, yeah, what because the- they move forward in the world and we're stuck in trying to replicate this idea of what being Albanian is like. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's not, we're not stuck. Over there, people are not stuck the way we are trying to replicate this culture. Yeah, and I'm actually gonna expand on that on that exact point mm-hmm. w- when I'm done reading her uh, paragraph. And so the email continues. I love my family in Kosovo. They welcomed me with open arms when I first met them when I was nine years old and only spoke English and have grown even closer to them since. My dad's side of the family lives in America and I've always been distant from them a little more. Mm-hmm. My dad's cousins, for the most part, grew up in America, and so they are much more Americanized compared to my family in Kosovo. However, you don't understand the amount of confusion I had to face when I found out how old-fashioned and conservative they were compared to my family who lives in Kosovo. They continue to have these heavy misogynistic ideas and conservative behavior, and they mistake it as them holding on to their culture. Yes. Oh my God, Lyra, I would just want to kiss you. I'll kiss you on your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that video with Kevin Gates? So what, what, what? i kiss you on your forehead. <laughs> I don't know exactly what puss. you're talking about. Uh, I'm a puss. Wait, what, how do I say give me a kiss? Uh-huh. Yeah? Uh-huh. Ah, look at that, I'm fluent, bitch. Anyways. <laughs> Her email continues. The worst part is that the more they try to hold on to these Albanian ideas from the past and instead of getting with the ones they have now, mm-hmm. that just causes them to unaware, unawarely, sorry, become more de- detached <laughs> to the now Albanian culture. Yes. I want to touch on a lot more on each point in the podcast and truly dive into them more. I feel like this can help other Albanian Americans not to feel as lonely and help 
show them that it's normal to feel this way and it's not their fault. Having these identity issues is normal and don't feel ashamed of it. Feeling this guilt, shame, or anger for not feeling 100% Albanian is only going to cause resentfulness. Me being the example of that, living truth of that statement. I spent a long time resisting this culture instead of seeing its beauty. In this podcast, I want to normalize the idea of not being, quote unquote, both American and Albanian and not just one or the other. I love that. I love her her second to last sentence. I spent a long time resisting this culture instead of seeing the beauty. And that has been honestly my life until this point. Mm hmm. And I wish I could like go back to young Dita and be like, it's okay to be both. You can see the beauty of the culture, but still be that bitch, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's so true that the Albanians in America are so much more backwards, backwards than the Albanians in Kosovo, Montenegro, mm -hmm. Kosovo, wherever in the world. But I do have a theory and this is what I wanted to touch on. Mm -hmm. This is my theory. I've noticed that it has to do with the diaspora. I think that Albanian Americans are much more conservative and try so hard to maintain their traditions because they don't want to lose it by being in America. And I think the fear of having their culture and traditions diminished or like wiped out or like forgotten about um, has a lot to do with the trauma of like the Serbians try to trying to wipe us out completely mm -hmm. and all the conflict that we had to do to even have Albania or Kosovo on the map. Meanwhile, the Albanians in Kosovo or Albania are way more secure in the fact that their culture and traditions won't be diminished because they're in the homeland. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're not scared of any influence because they're like, our traditions are here. We're speaking our language. The, the, like everyone, you know, everyone's mingling with Albanians. Even if outsiders come in, it doesn't matter because they're embedded in the Albanian like culture. You know, they they see they go to the chibab torre, the gelatore, like the cafes. <laughs> like they're they're they, you know what I mean? They're one of us. You know, and I, that's why they're so much more. I'm sorry. That's why they're so much more open to like outsiders and stuff. And they're uh -huh. so much more relaxed and open minded and. They're per they are progressing for the better. Oh, 100%. But I think it also has to do with, like, once our family members move here, they're like, we don't want our our people to think that we're forgetting about our cultures or forgetting about how we live and where we came from. So that's why it's always like, what is Chamilia going to say who lives in a village in Albania that probably doesn't even have Wi-Fi to check my Instagram? <laughs> But what is she going to say if you post a bikini picture? Like, they're going to yeah. think that we're not good Albanians and we're not keeping our traditions alive and yeah. we're not keeping our girls straight. Yeah. Um, they're like, you took the girls to America. Now look at how they're behaving. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> she doesn't even have Wi-Fi, mom. She can't even she see this post. The, she has to go to the Chibop Dora to get Wi-Fi and look at my Instagram. <laughs> like... She's not even looking at my Instagram. She has to go milk her cows. Why is she worried about... Oh, that's fucked up. Like, why is she worried about my Instagram? And it's like, you can't expect us to move oh to a different country and just remain a copy-paste of the time that you left Albania. Not even current Albania. Yeah. But you want us to remain the same as the time you left Albania mm -hmm. in a completely different country who's like a night and day compared to yeah. to our country. You literally moved to the melting pot country of the Which world. is ridiculous. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of it also has to do with 
those cultures that they always try to keep alive and that's the reason why so many things come along like not marrying outside your culture not mixing our yeah that's why we have all these because we want to keep that we we have this strong patriotic vibe going on that's like you can you can keep that still without trying to be radical that is the perfect way to describe albanian americans radical yeah they are so it's either one or the other it's night and day either you're an albanian american who has the capability to progress and maintain your albanian identity and traditions while seeing the shadows of your culture and being like you know what i don't really identify with this certain belief she finishes off the email by saying thank you so much for having this platform and thank you so much for reading this super long email i'm so sorry for the essay i wrote never apologize sorry. never apologize and thank you so much for yeah, sharing this experience have these conversations about yeah. topics that maybe not both of us can relate but a lot of you guys can relate to so I'm not going to lie. Not that I need the validation, but you're also making me feel less lonely Mm -hmm. by telling me your stories. Details always the one to say, remember, you're not alone. But I guess they're telling you that. Yeah. Today. Yeah. You're reminding me that I'm not alone, too. Mm -hmm. And this this email was very comforting. And it's it's basically the outline of this whole podcast episode, because this is something that I have wanted to address and didn't really know how to approach it but your email just made me feel so validated and heard Mm -hmm. as well so the same way that i feel like this podcast helps you you really helped me with this email so yeah shout out shout out to you and it's very important to to be able to feel like you belong in a community that you are a part of no matter how many times people tell you you're not albanian because you don't speak the language or you're not albanian for whatever reason you are a part of this community and you deserve to feel a sense of belonging and if you can't find it out there we hope that you can find it within this podcast i think i need to get a shaponia a big <laughs> ass shaponia tatted <laughs> on my arm you need to that to motherfuckers. a gold necklace with you want to you want to hear what i'm gonna do all right <laughs> i'm gonna get a big ass shaponia right mm-hmm. <laughs> tattooed on my arm i'm gonna get a big gold chain <laughs> with yep. the albany eagle yeah uh what else, what else? you gotta write your family's last name in, the, in your back <laughs> I'm gonna tattoo. I'm gonna tattoo my family's last name on my bag. You know how like soccer players have their last name on their jerseys. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get my family's name tattooed on my bag. Will that make me Albanian enough for you? No, because you still don't know Albanian. (laughs) (laughs) That's important words. (laughs) That's the important words, I guess. You know, I also, I also think that this episode can shed light to the Albanian Americans who hold those traditional values and are Mm -hmm. so conservative and closed-minded, maybe they don't even realize why they're so closed-minded. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they know. I don't don't think think they they know. I don't even think they realize that you're, you're doing all this for a culture that is very much still alive. Like we get the fear, but like there's other ways to keep your tradition alive by, and still progress. I don't think they could tell you the reason why. And especially, like, I don't understand why why they're so, like, in quotes, hard-headed about blending in with a country that they, they themselves chose to move to. 
Um, also, I just want to emphasize like how much we gain from your emails. So please keep submitting emails of your story. Um, you can choose to remain anonymous or you can choose to not remain anonymous. Completely up to you. And if you if you email us anything, just understand that we are the only ones who see the email. It is completely discreet mm -hmm. and we can 100% guarantee that nobody else will ever see or read the email. And we do ask we do ask permission from everyone to be able to read the email out loud on the podcast verbatim. So mm -hmm. if you feel inspired to send us an email and share your story, we really, really highly encourage you to do so because look at look at the beautiful podcast that we got from this girl's email. Exactly. And feel free to send us ideas or if you want us to elaborate on any of the topics we've already talked about, we're receiving a lot of love from you guys on the topics we've discussed so far. So if there are things that you want us to to go into for part two, like we can totally do that as well. Yeah. Um, if there are things that we didn't mention or you didn't resonate with in any of the podcasts. So yeah. So in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. If you're watching us on YouTube, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. It really benefits the channel. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us a five star. So, uh, review and rating um what else you can find us on youtube at varza and gra first of all <laughs> um you can email us at varza and gra at gmail.com and you can find us at varza and gra on instagram and tiktok um you can also dm us on instagram mm -hmm. we get a lot a, a lot, lot of dms, DMs on the daily and we check them all so yeah. we check them all so we're on there religiously so feel free to to contact us with anything you want to express yeah all right, guys. And you guys have a great rest of your day. I love you. And remember, you're never alone.